Welcome back, everyone. This is Eric Ellison with the Digital Education Podcast, where I get to have conversations with what I, what I often say are really interesting people doing really interesting work. And so today I'm with Jessica Kohler, who is a writer for Psychology Today, former school psychologist, psychology instructor and leader of uh, Kohler Academy, and a homeschooler. And, and the interesting thing, and I think where I found a lot of these relationships or started a lot of these relationships or conversations were, were on Twitter. And I came into contact with Jessica because she wrote an article called Wandering into Wonder, Understanding the Intersection of Personality and Awe. Um, and then in the follow-up, Jessica shared um, a, a document or a resource with me called The Science of Awe. And in it, it says, awe experiences are self-transcendent. They shift our attention away from ourselves, make us feel like we are part of something greater than ourselves, and make us more generous towards others. And Jessica, thank you for being with us. But as you think about like a quote like that and your study on wonder and awe, what first maybe what is awe and how did you come to be interested in that study? Well, thank you for having me, first of all, and for that great introduction. Um, awe is really an interesting topic that has sort of, you know, it hasn't really been studied that much within, like, scientific fields. It was more something that was discussed within, you know, people of faith and that kind of thing. And really, in the past two decades, it's become sort of an emotion or an idea that has been, you know, really studied more and more within, especially within the field of psychology, of which, you know, where I come from. And it's thought of awe sort of like conceptualized as a complex emotion and it's associated with that deep and personal change and and as you said you know people the definitions of it and they're coming to more of a consensus on what it is and i should i should start all of this out saying you know a lot of the research there's been quite a bit in the past two decades coming out especially from like um the greater good institute at the university of california at berkeley there's some wonderful research going on there but it is still fairly new so you know a lot of the stuff has to be replicated over and over again but what they're saying is, is that it's sort of this feeling of being in the presence of something vast it sort of transcends your understanding of the world right it makes you feel connected and that you're aware that you're part of something you're like just a minor part of something a larger whole and and, and, and what that does to us is almost you know it's almost indescribable to some extent and you know whether or not at this point it's something that's beyond just an emotion uh you know we think about the emotions you may have seen the movie like inside out um with with, with the fear disgust anger joy you know one of my younger son's favorite movies and we think about those emotions but also it seems to be a little bit more complex than that right is it a mixture of some sort of combination of those or is it actually something beyond just an emotion? It's almost like a shift in our consciousness. So that, that's a little bit about what they're trying to understand about awe and you know, being able to define it. And a lot of the research, you know, um, there are two researchers that have done a lot of work in this area, um, Keltner and uh, Dachner Keltner, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing their names right, and Jonathan Haidt. And um, they have really defined awe as this, you know, two things need to be present, like this, uh, this perceived vastness, like that you're, that you're experiencing something big. And that doesn't mean that you're experiencing something big necessarily from a physical sense, although it can be, like you're experiencing the Grand Canyon or some big mountain vista or something like that. It could be you're experiencing something big, like a big idea or, you know, a really, um, 
a big emotional expression that just almost brings you to tears or something like that. And also this other concept of other than that perceived vastness is that idea that it makes you have to shift your mental framework in some way. So that those are the two main components that people are thinking define awe. And that, that mental shift is fascinating because it goes back to the ideas, and you may have heard of um, psychologist Jean Piaget. He was a developmental psychologist in like the early 20th century, um, actually all the way through the mid, he, I think he died in like 1980. Um, and he talked a lot about the concept of accommodation as we go through our development. And that's how we like learn, you know, we have to sort of um, have a fundamental shift in how we see the world. And so thinking about awe in that way, that it's some sort of experience that almost fundamentally shifts the way we view the world, you know, it's rather profound, right? <laughs> like it, it's, it's, so, it's, so you ask how I came upon it. Well, it's fascinating. And I think for myself, I'm someone who has a tendency to really have a lot of experiences of awe, whether it's from oftentimes nature, as you know, as I wrote about in the one article, wandering into wonder, like uh, our family loves to travel, we love to be outdoors, and I am someone who's always like, look at the moon, you know, look at that, oh my gosh, that sunset is unbelievable, and I get goosebumps and I move to tears, and so I started researching more into like you know, what do we really know about this complex emotion? And so it's really fascinating to see as the research is unfolding and um, sort of connecting it to my own life and to, you know, to our family. So, um, yeah. So, so let me ask a follow-up question that, cause, cause, you know, after reading that article and then get connected with you, I follow you on Twitter and, and you do share about, you know, the beauty of nature quite a bit, you know, and, and pictures and, and, and you, you, you know, you, you do those types of things, but, what are like, if, if I'm a person that's saying, Hey, you know what, I, I do want to get a greater feeling. And we've all probably participated in this, this understanding or this reflection on awe before in small ways or bigger ways in our lives. But what are the experiences that you would encourage people to say, Hey, step into this place or go into this place or be purposeful about this to, to elicit, you know, those feelings of awe. Yeah, no, I think that's interesting. Yeah. Like some of the pictures that you, I, I do. I love to share pictures of um, some of the places we traveled, like to national parks and stuff that are obvious awe elicitors for a lot of people, right? But I'm someone who's also really big on just, and you know, within our own yard, like flowers. I share lots of pictures of flowers. Like we can experience beauty all around us all the time. And it doesn't necessarily have to even just be nature, right? Because I'll see like interactions between kid my kids or other human beings and that can can give you that sense of awe as well um and i i, I or people doing really you know people really doing really nice things for others and those researchers that i um mentioned before dachner and um dachner keltner and jonathan height they kind of have come up with this idea that awe, and this is all based on theory there hasn't been as much sort of research to show that, that their categorizations are um uh, com you know, completely true yet, but their ideas are that there are these different types of awe, like threat-based awe, beauty-based awe, ability-based awe, virtue-based awe, and supernatural awe, right? And um, I think we can focus on a few of those more so than the others, right? Like I was saying, the beauty-based awe, we can, we can look around us, and we may not be able to go to the national parks, but most of us can experience nature around us in, in lots of ways and see the little you know the beautiful things like recently i've been really fascinated by um the bees in our yard right <laughs> and, um, and really just like really being mindful and being present about what it is they're doing and the connection that has to everything and making me feel like 
wow, how things are all connected. And it's just, and I was, my husband was laughing at me. It was literally two days ago. And I was like watching this one bee go in and out of flowers, like in this one section. And it was just so amazing and fascinating to watch. And, you know, I did, I felt really connected to nature at that time. Um, we also have thing, you know, that whole idea of ability-based awe. When we learn about really big ideas, I'm someone else who's really moved when I, you know, it's like when, when you hear about like some idea that's like just unbelievable. So like, learning about, you know, philosophy and, you know, history and all these different things that have changed our world or ideas that people currently have. That's another thing that can bring, you know, like the, the example that's always used is like when you learn about the theory of relativity or something to that extent, that can move you to that feeling of awe as well. Um, and then the virtue-based awe. And that's another one that hits me hard all the time when I see people, you know, when you're we're, we're lately, especially being inundated by negative images, right? And so when we see people either in real life or through, through media, we're seeing people just doing unbelievably kind and wonderful things towards other people. You know, like when I'm seeing some of the protests going on and you're seeing like um, protesters and police come together, like I was brought to tears by that. You know what I mean? Like that, that gives me that feeling of connection. And I, and I think it does for a lot of people. So trying to expose ourselves to those positive images, positive um, situations where we're seeing people do really, you know, great things can be um, another way to induce awe, so to speak. But yeah, I think those are a few examples, at least. <laughs> no, and that's perfect because, you know, I, I think about those. I mean, even reading reading your article, you know, in many ways transformed my daily walk with my dog. <laughs> you know, just what am I looking for? Where am I going? And then, you know, and, and so like it's been fun because we've, we've just adjusted our path every day, you know, and say, hey, we're going to go a new direction. We're going to go new ways. We're going to discover new things, even if it's just in the local neighborhood and um, I, I just, I, I love basketball and I watched, you know, the last dance with Michael Jordan and all them. And, and you do the ability based off just even physical ability of someone like Michael Jordan was just for me, a kid who grew up in Chicago, just watching that was like, oh, I remember that. That was amazing. And you're, you're still in that place and you still kind of get those, those goosebumps where it's like, oh, I remember being there or I remember watching that on TV and you know, in that. And so let me ask, maybe this question is, is, you know, and, and maybe it's, 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 I don't know, I don't think it's a sidetrack, but how do I, if, how, how can I, if, if I'm in this place or am I stuck in a rut or if, if, if I want to get this, how can I sensitize myself or be more thoughtful to opening up my eyes, my ears, my mind, my heart to, you know, some of these experiences and some of, some of what you're talking about? Well, I think, you know, especially in the world that's going on around us right now, um, it's so very important to figure out how to kind of be mindful about what's right in front of you, right? Like see what is actually not, not be overly focused on what we're seeing on the news all the time, um, really within your own everyday life. And it's funny you bring up dogs. That was something I didn't mention in terms of that eliciting awe. Like we have two dogs and that's something all the time when I see like our dogs interacting with each other or with us and see the love for us. I mean, that brings, you know, like I feel those feelings, you know, and it, um, or, or, or interacting with our children. Um, but it's just figuring out how we can 
focus our attention on what is in front of us, right? And, and realize that, and, and, and really to some extent, really try to focus on the things that we can control and not get sidetracked by all the negativity that's going on around us, right? Like, try, and I, I have been, especially during this, you know, what's going on right now, um, during COVID-19, I have, I have tried to put my sensors in overdrive to be mindful and to try to find beauty in the world, to focus on, you know, what are even, you can start, just start really small, right? What are some small ways? And, you know, like, it's like, even I'll just be noticing, you know, I'll hear someone, I'll hear a family member just start laughing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that laughter is bringing me joy, right? Like hearing other people laugh, that's something that makes me super happy. And, you know, just kind of focusing on that and then like feeling what, you know, understanding what I'm feeling and being mindful of all these experiences around me that are, um, you know, able to sort of transform me from that sort of, you know, sadder state into the more joyful state. And, and it is, it's like, I think we have to figure out how not to, again, in this particular time, not perseverate on the negativity and, and the uncertainty and focus on those things within our, our little sphere. Of, I mean, I think we should all do things to help right? in, in big situations too, but we can't get caught up on the things that we can't control. We have to focus, you know, on our, on what are the small ways that we can control things in our own life and find beauty around us and um, feel connection to the world around us and feel connection to other people. You know, so I think those are some of the, the, the small ways you can just start, just start being more mindful of your environment. Sometimes, you know, I, I, I say this and I'm someone who's terrible. I'll be on Twitter too much, right? Sometimes it comes to, <laughs> it comes to like, uh, you know, cause I'm like, oh, I want to get that picture of that, right? <laughs> but I'm like, okay, I just need to be, I just need to put my phone down and I need to experience this situation with my spouse or with my kids or with my dog and just, and just realize I need to shut everything out to like really see what's going on. It's like really, I mean, it sounds so kind of cheesy, but it really is about kind of opening your eyes to what's really right in front of you rather than being kind of um, focused on all these things that are like in the periphery, you know, you know, you're hearing about in social media or on the news or those kind of things and just focusing on the present moment can be, you know, can, can be the way to start, right? <laughs> so, so can I, can, and, and can I ask a question? Cause you, you've spent time in schools, you know, you're homeschooling your, your own sons now and it, it, schools, it seems to me, and, and this has been a conversation that I've been having with two really good friends, Dan Barons and Justin Cook over the last few years, cause they're kind of the ones that introduced me to this idea, this concept of awe and wonder. Um, and it seems like our schools are just set up to, to be awe killers, oh. you know? I mean, in a lot of ways, I mean, we, we put kids in plain, indis, I mean, the buildings are set up to be uh, institutional. The classrooms are often set up to be institutional. And I've watched teachers do amazing things with what they could. You know, some of the policies over the last 20 years because of safety and security needs, which are understandable, have tightened up, you know, just student activity, whether it's on campus or off campus, or the ability to be more flexible with your space. Um, when you think about school, when you think about education, like what, what can we do as educators to 
possibly shift and bring about some of these changes with awe, even in our studies, you know, when we're rather than saying, Hey, we need to prep you for a test. Let's go discover some of this big stuff. Let's discover some of these aha moments. Let's go discover some of this, the unknown together. Uh, what would be your encouragement to educators or your thoughts maybe in some of those? What you're saying is awesome. <laughs> awesome. But like those, you know, thinking about those things, even just from like taking a step back to what you're originally saying, like sometimes I get really sad when you see, and, I, and there's so, the, the issues are so complicated, but I think whatever we can to physically beautify, right? Like you were saying, you know, like it can have a difference, right? Like if the environment is completely sterile and, um, you know, doesn't have any plant life around or anything like that. I, you know, it, it probably can't, I, I don't know the actual research on that within schools and stuff, but you can imagine that it has an effect, right? And seeing um, more beauty around in the schools and more, you know, like, or and even letting the, the, you know, I think those kind of opportunities for letting students be involved in taking care of plants or working on creating beautiful murals or thing, you know, art projects and things like that to beautify the school together. Those would be ways that you could um, inspire and connect and figure out um, how to potentially help, you know, students have more of the, the, those feelings. And I think what you're saying too about like, not necessarily, you know, I think there's so much of a focus now on you know, components, individual components, making sure we're getting through the checklist of the curriculum and all that kind of stuff that we forget the forest for the trees. And so often kids, you know, they might do really well on the tests and stuff like that, but they're not making those big connections, those big aha moments that are actually the things that make you love learning and you're like, oh my gosh, wait, I can totally see how this thing that happened in history is related to what's going on right now. And I understand what people are saying, why we should be concerned. You know what I mean? Like those sort of moments, I think it's almost like they've been, I don't, I, and I think we, we've been trying to do things as we get more information as educators, you know, we're doing the best we can and, and with the mandates and with everything. But I think right now we, we do, we focus, there's so much of a focus on the, the individual components of what, kids should be learning without the connection of those things to each other and right cross cross disciplinary studies is very important so my most recent article I just wrote last week was about the, the, the idea of it is cross pollinate your mind right that we should be like I'm all about the approach of you know I'm not going to be Leonardo da Vinci I know this but I think we should take the approach that we should learn across multiple domains right and, and to some extent we kind of push specialization really early, whether it's within academics or athletics, or like, oh, you're really good at math, let's push you all, and that's what you're gonna do all the time, or you're really good at soccer, let's push you in the gritty soccer all the time. I think there's a lot to be said for the sort of polymathic approach and making connections between very disparate areas of study, you know, that incites some of those awe moments. And also, uh, you know, my, the article I just wrote was about how it connects to our ability to come up with those novel and useful ideas, that definition of creativity, right? So, and again, going back to awe itself, that's, a, that's, one, of the, that's one of the outcomes that people are seeing with this, um, as they're doing, you know, some actual controlled studies, when, when awe is induced, it actually increases people's levels of creativity, which is a whole fascinating area of study as well. So, so, and that's, it's really helpful because I mean, it's so much of, I think for me, you know, I, I reflect, you know, and, and even that article, the cross pollination of your mind is, 
I think that's what for me actually changed my life was going to a liberal arts college where it's, you had to take all these classes where I was like, I'm not interested. And then you walk in there and then like, Oh, this is amazing. Yep. Um, and then how that impacts the stuff that you true, you know, the, the, that you really love and then how that impacts the study, you know, of other things, but you know, just the, the, those, those sorts of places, I'm wondering, and maybe kind of a last question, and, and, and this has been a fun conversation for me, um, but there, there's, there's definitely like, you know, a positivity to this, and you alluded to what's going on in our world right now with whether it's the shutdown or the protests and, and some of the things. How, like, how does some of this come to bear on the, 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 the realities of, you know, a broken world or realities of an imperfect, you know, society, realities of some really deep and difficult things that need to be not only addressed, but hopefully, you know, fixed and dealt with as we, as we move forward. What would be the encouragement as, as you know, we kind of take these moments of awe and wonder and positivity and, you know, and, we, and then we bring them back to the difficult things of life? Well, I think there's a couple ways to, 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 to approach that really challenging question, right? So I think in this time of, you know, divisiveness and fear and uncertainty and all those things, I think focusing on some of the beauty in the world can just act, you know, boost our mental health in general and focusing on the things that we can control. I think from the other side of that as well, though, from like the research of what we know about awe in general and trying to induce awe, whether, and we didn't talk at all about like inducing awe through music. It's another, I didn't mention that, but there's some, there's some really interesting research in the one article I wrote, um, you know, that can induce awe <laughs> uh, based on music, you know, certain types of music and, and, that, and that, that's a really fascinating study. But the experiencing awe, you know, why do we do it? Uh, you know, from the perspective of like human development, like why do we experience awe? And a, a lot of the research is showing that it, it probably, it seems to encourage us to be more collaborative, to be more concerned about the needs of others. You know, that we, you know, if we experience awe, if you've ever been in a situation that's highly emotional, you know, and you're like, see something, you, know, you do go to the Grand Canyon with someone else and you experience that with them, it makes you feel more connected to other people. So in this time when all this, you know, Scary, these scary times and divisive times, actually experiencing awe could be, you know, something that is, you know, wonderful for us to do to help us feel more connected to each other. And because it does have that, you know, you know, when you feel things, especially like for me, especially things in, in nature that make me, that move me to that, that place of awe, or even like I was saying, you know, when, when I saw the protesters and the police sort of, you know, kneeling hand in hand, and it moves me to that, to that place as well, it makes it makes you feel connected to the world, and um, and again with it, which is that is you know possibly one of the things we really need right now is to feel more connected to each other um, as we're feeling fearful with all the situations that are going on around us. And again, awe seems to have this other really interesting side effect of um, inducing our creative thought. And as we are approaching these highly difficult situations we need to come up with new solutions, right? So, so awe is another way that we need to like, you know, it's gonna push us to step into, okay, we've been trying all these things that haven't worked. Maybe we need to um, look at the world in a different way. And that cognitive shift that happens by experiencing, you know, 
that feeling of awe could be a really beneficial thing in these times. So there's, you know, there's a couple of different ways to look at it. Uh, that's incredible too, because it is really interesting that this, and I find it interesting and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but there's this part of awe that there's, you know, you feel small within this vastness, mm -hmm. but then it, but then it creates in you, if, if I understand this right, and you know, reading the resources that you sent, it also creates a greater connectedness, um, you know, with, with the world around you and with others. Yeah. It, it, and that does seem to be, um, they're finding that over and over again. People that experience awe, they, they're more likely then to exhibit more altruistic behavior, which is just fascinating, right? Like, you know, going through these experiences actually moves us to make us understand that we're just a small piece of this big interconnected sort of world. And um, um, makes us feel more of a connection. So I think it is. It, it, and and I'm, I'm very fascinated by seeing the continued research in this area because I feel like we have a, there's, there's a lot to be uh, still, still so much that we need to learn in this area and understand how we can sort of utilize on a more practical level, like you're saying within schools, you know, how can we, how can we utilize this unbelievably awesome information that we're, that we're, we're learning about uh, to, to you know, help our kids or help communities in need. Right. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, in, in, in other, in other, I'm not sure of the reference for the research, but there, there are some, um, there's some commentary that some of the situations in certain communities that they're almost like awe deserts, right? That they're not getting to experience enough of these sort of awe-inducing situations on a regular basis. So they're being sort of deprived um, from that, whether it's from the physical environment itself or, you know, lack of connection within the community and that kind of thing. But, you know, what, maybe that's an area for intervention. Like, how can we help different communities develop situations where they will have you know, these awe-evoking experiences. Oh, that's a great point, because, I mean, I, I lived in a community, you know, at one point in my life where we realized with the work that we were doing that the kids lived two miles away from the ocean, but 90% of the kids had never seen the ocean. And so for us to be able to organize something where we took them to the ocean and to watch them see it for the first time was 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 transforming for me but then also I think in a lot of ways you know and and staying in touch with a couple of those kids over the many years is you know is is you know something that they consistently talk about that was important in their life's development yeah that's that's a wonderful story and I think that you know there are all kinds of ways we could think about doing things like that in different communities you know and I think that's a that's a a really interesting area of study and an interesting area of like intervention for the future. Jessica, I really appreciate your thoughts, your work, um, just your encouragement during this time too. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to get people connected to the stuff that you're doing and, and some of the work that you're doing. But is there a place that, you know, people want to learn more about your writing or read some more stuff where they can go to get that information? Yeah, the probably the best place to be able to kind of reach out to me is to go to my website. It's kohleracademy.com and that's K-O-E-H-L-E-R academy.com and you can reach out to me via social media. I'm on just about every social media, <laughs> often on Twitter. Um, you can connect to my blog at Psychology Today that's Beyond School Walls. You can learn about classes that I'm teaching online um, and that kind of thing as well, all in that one location. So, Thank you, Jessica. Thank you so much.